0: Welcome to the Innovative Accountant Podcast, where we talk about the evolution of wealth management and how a client's most trusted advisor, their accountant, will lead this evolution. I'm your host, David Judy, and I'm joined by my co-host, partner, and good friend, Tim Cokewell. Welcome back to our Integrated Advisory Series. Um, We ended the last episode talking a little bit about our investment model. And what I'd like to do in this episode is talk specifically not only about how we invest, and I'll I'll elaborate a little bit on that and what that philosophy is, but how our investment philosophy really syncs with accountants, the accounting community, and what's most important to them. So, do you want to start and speak to that just a little bit? Yeah,
1: happy to. Um, I, I think, you know, one thing about the accounting community is we're, we're pretty conservative by nature. And I think the last thing that we want to be involved in is a situation where, uh, you know, we're perceived as giving advice and clients' assets go from, you know, something to zero. Uh, that always is a challenge and a mindset that when we're talking to new firms and we're educating them on this, it always comes up. Mm -hmm. Um, What happens if we start to integrate wealth management and investing and things don't go well, okay? And so I think um, there's some education, and you'll talk about that in a moment, David, on how to invest differently today to avoid all of that noise um, or at least mitigate it. And I think, so you start with a bit of that accounting, conservative nature, um, but then you look at who they serve. And I think the firms that we're working with and will continue to work with as we grow are, you know, I'd suggest 90% of their clients are business owners. They're entrepreneurs. Okay. These are mid-sized to small accounting firms. They're not the big, big four. Sure. Um, And so they're dealing in that private space. And when you look at those clients and their profile, the issue that you have is that they, they didn't create their wealth based on having a great investment guy. They didn't make it all a
0: mutual funds? So, no. I mean,
1: come on. No, they, you know, <laughs> they, they, they took calculated risk with their unique abilities. Yeah. Um, they, they were entrepreneurial. Um, they're comfort, comfortable with risk, but in their area of expertise. And I think what happens is, is as they grow their businesses and get to a stage where they have more money that they're not gonna put back into their business, it's a, it's a challenge because they're gonna have to start trusting other professionals to help them with that, call it a nest egg. Right. And so in, in many cases, even though they're risk takers, they become very conservative when they're relying on others and managing money, and they wanna protect that capital that they've worked so hard and taken so much risk, risk to earn. And so there is a certain philosophy and a style. It is focused on asset protection, um, cash flow. It's kind of how they'd run their business. And so the philosophy on, as you're rounding out resource partners for the majority of those accounting firm clients, you've got to have that in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you tie it back to how the accountants look at it, they want to make sure that it is an asset protection kind of a strategy. Yeah. And so the model that we've built through the integrated advisory piece and through WealthGo really has uh, been tailored and customized to serve those types of clients. And so, David, I'll maybe transition back to you. Um, obviously, you, you know, us coming together was, uh, as we talked about it, I think, in the first episode. Um, trying to bring some unique skill sets and specialization together and make that work. And a lot of your background initially was, as you said, sales, but looking at how insurance companies invest differently. So maybe talk a little bit about why people need to be investing differently today and what the smart money kind of does in the world. Well, we've talked a little bit about our belief that the financial services industry is broken.
0: and, And I think there's a number of places that I could expand on. but one of the primary ones is how investment advisors encourage their clients to invest. So a perfect example of that, a senior executive at a, a very very large um, insurance company that has billions and billions of dollars that they invest. So to make, and and the reason the insurance company invests that money is they've got to pay insurance claims. So they're investing for the long-term, they know they're gonna have uh, capital needs on a regular basis, so that, that capital needs to produce income. And first and foremost, don't Lose the principle, right? Because if you lose the principle, you can't meet all your all your obligations. And believe it or not, in Canada, well, believe it or not, um, OSFI regulates a lot of that. So, so you're you, you you sort of got your hands tied. On you can't be overly creative. Um, you need to make sure that you can meet your obligations, and that is tested on a regular basis. And so, I spend a lot of time in that side. So, learning about where we invest, how we invest. And then you do a 180 and you talk about, okay, well, we've got salespeople out there and they're selling investment uh, funds. And most of those would be segregated funds with insurance company or mutual funds. And guess what? Polar opposite. like there was no similarity whatsoever on what an average client's portfolio looked like and how the insurance company invested their money. So the insurance company was investing in mortgages, real estate, private equity, um, you know, and, and very institutional. It was 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 that mindset. And then you would deal with individual clients, and you'd go, now just sell them this sixty percent stocks, forty percent bonds, and hey, that's diversification. And I think that um, that always really was a hard thing for me to get. And it was a real opportunity when we started Wealthco to say my vision of of what I'd love this firm to be able to deliver to people was. Everybody deserves that institutional investment philosophy. Now, I hate to say it, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a little, a couple of years over forty, um, and the older I get, uh, the less risk I want to take, um, and and really that was that that's predicated that that sort of risk anxiety um, predicated this investment philosophy to be what was the cornerstone of how we built wealth. Um, you know, uh, investing in stocks and bonds, like really. You know, we've all been through turbulent times, a lot of those recently where we've, you know, we've seen significant decreases in a market. And if the vast majority of your capital is invested in one thing, it doesn't really work. And the other thing that that has become more and more apparent on a global basis, um, the world in the 1970s and 80s, you know, when I started in the business in the 1980s, well, seems like a long time ago, In the late 1980s, um, we were focused on diversification Globally, so you'd have some money in the US, some money in Canada, some money in Europe, some money in Asia, and you're, you're set, because obviously all of those markets are gonna work very, very differently. Well, look at the last 20, 30 years. Every major uh, financial event, every single one of those areas has been affected. And so global diversification, thinking you're just investing in stocks is not diversification. So back to how does the insurance company invest? real estate, mortgages, private equity. I mean, all sorts of different asset
1: classes that move in different areas. So more tools in the toolkit, so to speak. For sure,
0: and and, and a goal of flattening the growth curve. So, you know, I, I think of it as, I spent the early part of my career riding the investing roller coaster with my clients. And that sucks. So it's all, you're either on your way up, everything's fantastic, I love going out and talking to clients, or holy crap, we just went through this thing, now I got to go back and and peaks and and valleys. And especially with business owners, the last thing you need is uncertainty. There's already enough uncertainty as a business owner. So this pension-style asset management um, of bringing all those different asset classes together Flattens the curve, so and, so, and that so doesn't mean that you're going to earn more, a higher rate of return. It just means that you're going to have a lot less
1: right. peaks and valleys. Right, so you're just kind of re- reducing that volatility. band doubles. Yeah. Right. so you talk about insurance companies do that, yeah. and you mentioned pensions. So I'll talk a little bit about pension plans and CPP sure. and. And you know, but they're exactly the same. I mean, you do you, yeah.
0: do you do realize that the vast majority of the high end real estate and all of our downtown cores in this country are, are you know Ontario Teachers Pension and and Sun Life and like like those are the institutions that own those larger um, assets and 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 and, and revenue producing asset classes. Um, you know, for us, and I, and I will say that was the aspirational goal for the first. Probably 10, 15 years of wealth go. Your challenge is until you're managing hundreds of millions of dollars worth of assets, you're actually going and you're buying retail products and services. And the real opportunity and why pension funds do well and endowments and insurance companies, they don't pay retail for anything. And I mean, right. that's probably fundamentally in my life too. I don't I don't like paying retail for anything. We manage today hundreds of millions of dollars in our proprietary pools. So we only invest alongside CPP, Ontario Teachers Pension and other other groups, and we don't pay retail. And we pass those savings directly to the investor. And that's a big part too. So most financial advisors make upfront commission. So their businesses are based on, I'm gonna sell you a product, and they're going to pay me this large commission up front. And by the way, if you take your money out, there's something called deferred sales charges and things of that nature. The insurance company and the investment company is going to get their money, and the investor is going to go. I guess I paid for that person's commission. 100% of our business at WealthCo is fee-based, meaning that we don't make an upfront commission. We're compensated based on the assets that we manage, and the only way that we increase our compensation is to grow those assets. And you, when you talk about alignment. Um, what's the worst thing that can happen to us in our investment portfolio is we take losses. Because if we're paid on assets under management, as soon as those assets dip, our revenue dips. So I think the alignment with the client is very, very different because our compensation is based on their success. Not and our risk is based on, 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 on not meeting, meeting their goals and objectives. We'll be back with the rest of this episode in a minute. If you're tired of feeling short on time and are looking for a better way to grow your firm, I want to invite you to download our free ebook, Seven Reasons Why CPAs Are Transforming Their Practice with Integrated Advisory. Visit integratedadvisory.ca forward slash seven reasons. That's integratedadvisory.ca, the number seven reasons to download the free ebook today and see why CPA firms just like yours, are transforming the wealth management world. Visit integratedadvisory.ca forward slash seven reasons
1: to download this free ebook today. So you, you, you'd you mentioned pools, and I think, mm. you know, the, the accounting mindset, um, and I deal with these, I, I even believed it at one point in my career, um, where, You know, you want transparency. As accountants, we spend a lot of time, you know, looking at numbers and making things clear and transparent. We don't like things that feel hidden, okay? And I think as soon as you talk about mutual funds or... Pools or things like this, you, you feel like there's a veil and you really don't know what's going there on. There
0: might be a reason for that in many cases right. too. And,
1: and sure. so, as accountants, we also, the role in accountants in the investment side is to be able to look at taxes as well and go, yep. okay, I want to be able to mitigate losses or offset income with losses or different things like that. So, sure. we tend to have that kind of a, a, a view on investing. But as I've grown and understand my career's evolved, the importance of pools. Um, just speak to that again because you touched on it, but I, right. why proprietary pools? Why not individual individual investing? Yeah. Uh, well, we did that for a long period of time,
0: uh, mostly because if you can take a group and you can collectively bring all of their capital to bear and have hundreds of millions of dollars to allocate, um, you don't have to pay retail. So. Most institutional investment opportunities, uh, at a very bare minimum, you're probably looking at five, ten million dollars um, as a you know um, the the ticket for admission, minimum ticket for admission. And the challenge with dealing individually is even so, you know we manage some some high net worth clients that have maybe fifty, sixty, seventy million dollars worth of investable assets. And none of them want to take five, 10 million
1: dollars and do sort one of thing. throw it on one thing. Yeah, it'd be like taking your equity portfolio and putting it all in Apple stock. Well, exactly. Yeah, and you wouldn't so, do that. well, hopefully not. Yeah. Uh, some people do. <laughs>
0: um, but bringing people together, pooling that capital. So we talk about pools, but really pooling that capital allows um, everybody participate at the same level. The other thing that pools do is they eliminate, um, Um, specific anti-selection. And what I mean by that is our challenge with individual individual offerings was that when we had a great offering, so I would say class A offering, you'd bring that out to your your advisors and who'd get that? Well, every single one of our ultra high net worth clients because it's much easier going and saying, well, I'm going to take a million from there, a million from there, a million from there. And then what about all the people that had a $250,000 investment account? Well, they do get it, but they sort of get the D and C yeah, offerings, okay? Right. Or C and D. Um, by pooling that capital, everybody knows it's they're gonna be traded equally. the same yeah. and treated equally. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so you're not preferencing anybody as you're going through. Well, and I think there you still have the ability within a pooled offering to, you're always looking at how do you mitigate mitigate taxes and income Absolutely. and offsetting that as you're doing yeah. trading within that pool because you're thinking about all of your clients. and yeah. so. Uh, And and again, that's a bit of the learning for me as an accountant. Initially, I liked the idea of having everything individual, but the more you learn about why it's important to invest differently today, taxes is never the first decision you make. You want to make the right investment decision first, because if you make a poor investment decision, you don't have taxes to worry about. So it's, it's understanding that you need that additional diversification. You need to pool capital to invest like pension funds. Um, and so that is, there is a different way to invest today than there, than there has been in the past. Well,
0: and, and I'd love to say, first of all, we weren't in a position, I mean, uh, up until we, we launched our proprietary pools, I think about six years ago. Um, we needed to have hundreds of millions of dollars that we were managing as an organization to make that make sense. The other thing that happened, and you you, you used the word transparency, which I think is important, is that technology five, six years ago drastically changed Um, the barriers to entry for for a firm like ours to enter that model and to provide full transparency. So our clients actually see every single investment holding that we have and their proportionate share. So we talked about online access, things of that nature. Our clients can access 24-7 our online portal, which is integrated with planning, and they can see their investment portfolio and they might go, okay, well, I have 15% real estate they can click on line on this pie that says 15%, and it will show every single real estate investment and their proportionate ownership in that. So it it it's as if they have a segregated account because they see exactly, exactly what their holdings yeah. are. But. Um, so they're it's never the guessing like
1: with a mutual fund where you might know the top ten holdings. You might know the top ten or,
0: holdings yeah. in
1: December 31st. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that also brings out much better conversations, much more transparent conversations. Um, and I think it holds us accountable a lot more. Right. You know, at, at the end of the day, when every single investment's transparent, um, our you know, we have a very large portfolio management team and, and some very highly skilled individuals. That's all they do all day, every day. They darn well know they're going to be accountable. Have to be right. accountable,
1: right? Yeah. So, so also speak to, you know, the, the thing with pension funds—they they manage lots and lots. You know, take CPP—it's sure. you know huge numbers, right? And when you look at them, uh, talk a little bit about how they even access, because it's very similar to what we do through our pools. We've got a great team. You mentioned our team, um, but we're also leveraging talent. And I want question. to talk, talk a little bit about, because trying to be experts in everything and to be able to actually deliver that, even CPP doesn't do that. So just talk to why it's important to follow talent and what that looks like.
0: Well, it's all about the who, once again. And, and it's, it, I think it's, it's interesting because the term integrated advisory model is just as relevant in how we manage assets as how we're helping accounting firms build that integrated model within their practice. And that is all about the WHO. Um, in, in many cases, we don't manage directly a lot of stocks and bonds because our belief is if we can access the top institutional talent, let's say in you know mid-cap US equities, and this and you've got a firm that just knocks it out of the park and um, we don't pay retail, by the way. We go and, and we're able to engage them on an institutional basis. Why would we want to internalize that or, or, or right. it ourselves? Um, if we're trying to access um, uh, specialty mortgage products and services, I want to deal with a multi-billion dollar entity where we can get enormous amounts right. of diversification at a very, very low cost. Um, and, you know, so, and, and, and so you're accessing that talent yeah. externally.
1: And, and we, had, we had some experiences early on in, in our development where, you know, I remember working with a firm that had a very talented individual that um, managed some small cap. And, you know, you look at that and if we'd hired that individual in our company and he's the number one small cap manager in Canada, how long are you going to retain him in talent? It's challenging. It and is. so you've gotta be able to follow the talent. And um, if you're gonna deliver a best in class model, you gotta find best in class talent. And you, thinking you can do that all internally is really challenging. I think it is, it also exposes right. your business,
0: right? right? Um, you, you can't have one or two people that could cost you, uh, you know, right. a huge amount of assets. Right. So obviously um, how we invest in business um, is, you know, how we invest in, in our structure is, is really important. But the alignment of that with the accounting firms is also really, really important. So let's let's finish with that a little yeah. bit and finish with what your experience has been. How, how, do, how do you tie those two pieces together? Yeah, I think that's, Especially the risk
1: conversation, I is, think. Yeah, that's the most important piece of this. And I think it's, you know, WealthGo Asset Management is a resource partner that's uh, part of the integrated advisory piece that firms that we work with have access to and be able to access that type of a philosophy, which has worked quite well. Um, But it is all about that process and that client experience. And so we have, you know, a dedicated portfolio management team that are managing the pools. We've got dedicated investment counselors to the firm. And those investment counselors are only brought into client situations when the firm determines that is in the best interest of the client. And then ultimately, our investment counselors take the lead from the accountant and the financial planner within the firm. Um, they are being brought into quarterly review meetings. Um, you know, it, It's an integrated story. It's right. not our investment side just does whatever they want to do with the client whenever they want to do it. That's not how it works. That would look more like a referral model. Yep. Um, we are very much working and supporting each other with that client so that the client sees teamwork. And, it, and then if they, they also understand that there's lots of times where integration is so important. You know, uh, making investment decisions to do a trade without talking to the accounting about year ends of a company or personally, and does it make sense to be doing well, liquidity, this now?
0: Right, you know, it, it, right. many investment advisors couldn't care less.
1: They're right. sitting going, how
0: do I, how do I get the, the highest rate of return or whatever for the client? Right. And if you have a business owner client and the accountant has a conversation and they're gonna make an acquisition and need to access a million or $2 million, you know, you need to tie that back into your investment strategy because you can't be taking risk with that capital. So well, there's so it, many synergies it, when this yeah, works it, it, together.
1: It, it is, and one of the most important thing that I've seen in learning over the years is I, I'm always shocked at how many people will take their life savings and they'll work with with a firm and that says, here, give us your money and we'll make you money, and that's the plan. Okay. so then it's all about rate of return. There's no grounding back to the need for what kind of a rate of return do you actually need? How much risk do you even need to be taking and should you even be taking risk? Right. And, and the people to be making those decisions are the financial planners and the accounts. It's to be able to understand their overall business needs, their personal needs, what that strategy is, because until you've laid that out, you really don't know how to invest. I and I think that's the opportunity that we have in bringing those skills together is you get a much better result. And then when there are tough times in the markets, clients are way more grounded and well, way more calm because they feel that they've got a strategy and they've got a team that's got their best interests at heart. I, you
0: know, I, I basically say that our, the gift that we need to give and, and the value we need to bring is to help people sleep at night. Exactly. That's it. That That's what we need to do. Um, we also need to help the accounting firm partners that we have sleep at night. That's sure. that's important too. So. Anyway, we're gonna, the next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about risk. Um, we, um, we have uh, a very successful insurance business unit, and, and uh, you know I don't think you can talk about aspirational goals and where I want to be in the future without making sure that you're mitigating some of the risks that will stop you from getting there. So interesting. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Innovative Accountant Podcast. If you're ready to see if your firm can benefit from the integrated advisory model, book a call with one of our team members today by visiting integratedadvisory.ca.